We're back to the Neil Haley Show in the Total Celebrity segment. And you know what? It's so funny. It, it brings me back. I'm now 45 years old. I, I'm sitting here re- reminiscing about certain things. And I said, I have a scheduled interview with the next WWE Hall of Famer 2018. And I start thinking about my, my career in pro wrestling. And then we were talking off air. So this is going to be such a fun conversation. So I'm excited to welcome the program WWE Hall of Famer 2018 Hillbilly Jim. Jim, thanks for calling, man. And you know what? I was reminiscing with you right off the bat, and you said this is going to be a fun interview because he knows the business, right? Right, Jim? Well, Neil, thank you, man. That means a lot to me. I'm, I'm glad to talk to you. Yeah, we, uh, you dropped a few names, got my mind, got the wheels turning. Wow. And that's a good thing because, again, all these guys don't understand the business. But we were talking about my breaking in with Cousin Elmer. Uh, I did a show Mm -hmm. in Ohio, and that's how that connection. And I always remembered you, Jim, before I even got in the pro wrestling business because your character was so iconic. It was one that literally, when you think about only a few people in that generation, the 80s wrestlers, you think of Hulk Hogan, you think of Roddy Roddy Piper, and you always think about Hillbilly Jim. Do you agree with me on that, especially with all the cartoons and different things that were out in that time? Well, you know, i tell you, I've had to think about this these last few days with all the events that's been coming out in my life. And, and I, people have asked me kind of like that, and, and I think that I had an immediate connection with the people. Yes. And, uh, and I think they accepted me immediately. And it was never a stretch for me. It was never a hard deal for me to uh, get over because it seems like it pretty much just just took off on its own, and uh, and 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 it never really ever never looked back. I mean, even to the day, it's, it's like what you said. Jimmy Hart, Mouth of South Jimmy Hart says this, and I'm I'm going to quote a phrase for him, and I believe he's right about this. He said, "There's something he'll believe about the guys that came up in the '80s during that Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling, first WrestleManias, action figures, toys." Uh, you know, Saturday night's NBC, uh, NBC main event. Said somehow or another, we got woven into the fabric of America, and I believe that Jimmy is right. You definitely did, and it's something that literally you'll never, ever, ever duplicate. I don't care about talking about the Attitude Era. This era was where fa- family, friends, everyone watched professional wrestling. Think of Saturday night's main event. How many people tuned in to watch that on television? Amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and like I tell you, think about this, and you can get this. If you start out thinking someday when you get into this ring and you first start on this journey, this if you start out thinking someday I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame, you'd never dream nothing like that. You know, that would be if somebody would laugh at anybody that ever said that when they first began. It's just one of those things, a lot of great uh, Things have to come together for you. You have to have a lot of wonderful people in place and have a little bit of luck. And you have to catch, like you just got through saying, you have to catch the people. Because really, it's all about the wrestling fans. Yes. If they don't accept you, I've seen them try to push guys, and you have to. And they just never get over. Some guys don't get over. I don't care how great they look. And, uh, and that, that's another thing with me. The guys used to always talk in the dressing rooms. And you know that from being in the business. All the boys want to talk about who can work in the ring, right? Right. And they'll say, well, this guy can work, and that guy can't work. And I knew all along they had it totally backwards. Because it don't matter what the guys in the dressing room think. It's only what the fans think. Mm. Do they accept you? If you do, you get over. 
Again, we're talking to WWE Hall of Famer 2018, Hillbilly Jim on the Neil Haley Show. And you are so right about that. And that's what frustrates me because, again, I was 6'10". I, was a, I got over by the, with the fans. But then you got the boys in the locker room saying, ah, you know, this guy can't work that well. We should be pushing this guy. But who's getting over? Who's getting the heat? Who's getting this specific stuff? And that's, the I think, what's hurt the business today. Hillbilly is the fact you know from God's from God's mouth to to to, to your mouth it's coming too because I feel the exact same way and you know I've heard that all along and you know what the people decide on whether or not you're over or not you're not wrestling the matches for the boys in the dressing room and I used to just you know I don't get into the political thing you'll never hear anybody hardly say anything bad about me in the dressing room because I stayed away from all those little quagmires and landmines but. These guys don't get it, and those very guys that say all that, they want to go out there and kill themselves in the ring doing 5,000 things that people don't get, and then they wind up hurt, broke, disgusted, and wonder why their bodies are no good and why they didn't get any accolades. And I want to say, say, you should have took a chapter from the Dusty Rhodes School of Wrestling. You got it, but then and so that's why we're in this phase in professional wrestling where it's gone to more and more wrestling, and again that didn't sell. What started the whole business off, and I'm going to take you right back, okay, Hillbilly, before you went to the mm-hmm. WWF, when this all the territories were around, where there was lots of wrestling but not lots of characters. There were some characters, but Vince McMahon saw that the character sells. The person who has this great persona, has this great gimmick, as we all know the word gimmick, uh, Hillbilly. Yeah. Take yeah. us back to where you started and how you got discovered. The great, the great Chief Joe Strongville, God mm-hmm. bless his soul, he told me, he said, you, 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 you. That's the way he would talk. He said, you, you. <laughs> you, forget all, you forget all that stuff with those people out there. You're a Hillbilly Jim. You know, and that saved me a lot, a lot, of, a lot of misery and and and, and uh, agony by getting out there trying to do back back, back jumps and suplexes and all that accomplished wrestling stuff because people want you to be an individual. That's what they gravitate. Gimmicks are what people like. That's what everything in life that gets over is a gimmick, whether it's an iPhone or uh, or anything else that we see in our in our history. If it's a reality TV show, that's a gimmick. You know that, and he was exactly right. And I learned early on, when you came to one of those early WWF matches, whatever match you saw was completely different than the ones, the next one, because nobody did the same moves as the guy before him. They wouldn't get up in there and do the same guy's finishes. And everybody was unique into themselves, their characters, and you captured on something. And now they think that they're going to run it back again about doing more wrestling. I mean, they put together all these. They put they put together all these camps, and they've got these training yes. centers, and they want to do more wrestling. But they're missing the point. You need to entertain. You need to do more entertaining. Because, by the way, very few of you guys are ever going to be Olympic wrestlers. And the only one that I know that did it was Kurt Angle. He won a gold medal. And if you watch that Kurt Angle gold medal match, he barely won that. I mean, and he's the greatest of all as far as amateur one. So what I'm saying is, this is professional wrestling. This is to entertain the people, not to go out there and somehow or another charm yourself and think you're an elite madman wrestler. And I realize these guys that would do that, they would come and go. They, they would come they, and they, go. They, they, that's and so, they, and yeah. people would forget them, brother. They would forget them. You they, know? 
but see, and that's where I'm at in seeing the business today and seeing like a guy my height. Again, I'm 45 and somehow my I'm getting back in shape again and I might make a comeback in the ring. But the fact is I'm not going to kill myself and take 62 bumps at 6 foot 10, 270, 280 pounds. No way. No way okay. I would do that. Yeah. Hey, hey, it, it ain't how much you do. It's what you do. And, I, and you know, you know, the old timers, they always said the white guys that knew what they were doing. When you think you're going slow and deliberate, slow it down even more. Because here's why. you got to let everybody in the building see what you're doing. If you get in there and go too fast, that's when accidents happen. That's when guys start running together and get hurt. Just slow it down and let everybody in the building see that big punch you're going to throw. Because if you don't come from Alabama and throw it, nobody up to the, up to the top rows is going to see it. <laughs> And, and I've laughed at these guys, and I used to always say this because I've, I've done every, every, I think about every area of this business from, from the in-ring thing to managing to TV commentary to, uh, to, uh, to, to special events to home video sales. I did the whole thing. When the matches began, I'd noticed they had their elaborate ring music, and everybody come out, and everybody had their gimmicks and characters on. And then as soon as they would ring the bell, brother, the whole thing would turn to gray. In other words, everybody would start doing the same moves. Yeah. Bump, start bumping, 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 yes. bumping. You know, and, and, and to, you know, really, in, in reality, a good bump should almost set somebody up for the finish. I mean, how many times, how many times should a pile driver uh, be done to somebody if you did it on the street to them? They'd never get exactly. up. Exactly. There's a series of them, they'll get out, they'll kick out of them. Exactly. So in other words, the boys have made it harder themselves. They made it harder, and so and so. Let's we're going to go back. I love this commentary again. We're talking to Hillbilly Jim on the Neil Haley Show, and I guess you get excited when you get a wrestler interviewing you. You're like, "This is great." He's understanding exactly what I'm talking about. But the thing is that what's killed the business is the smart marks. The smart marks came out and did the mark sheets, and now all promoters think they want to impress the smart marks or the critics. Imagine if everyone would try to impress the critics in Hollywood. If all the people would try to impress the, there would never be any creativity or things that. Fans just love. I mean, the biggest well movies. Do, yeah, go. That's a great analogy. Well said, my friend. Yeah. Well said, my friend. And 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 you got it right. I mean, listen, you should go out there and you should entertain the people. Give them your show. Don't let them. Let me ask you something. How many times you go to a concert and see someone like an old timer, say like ZZ Top or Eric Clapton? How many times you get up there and scream out what you want them to play? They're going to play it. <laughs> no. They won't play it. You get a player and start screaming cocaine to Eric Clapton or start screaming Crossroads or, or start screaming out one of, his, one of his Eric Clapton songs, he ain't going to do it when you scream it out. So he ain't going to let you dictate what he's going to do because you're there for him to entertain you. And that's what we should be in the ring. When people started doing that, we lost a handle yes. on this business. Yes. Because, because when you start letting, letting the marks tell you what to do, the smart marks, as you put it, then... You could climb up on the ceiling and jump into a thunder full of water, and that wouldn't be enough for him. Let me give you a great analogy, and and I love this conversation, but I wish the business could go back to this, but here's a great analogy. If we literally took the movie that won the Academy Award and told people that are watching the best movies that are the hottest movies right now that are selling tickets, people would not Mm -hmm. see Falling Water if they were paid to. And and that's what's happening. We're allowing the critics to say, this is what Mm -hmm. wrestling should be. It should be guys like you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to see... And, and let me ask you something. I'm sure you know this. 
sure you heard the smart guy say this, and I'm sure you said it before. If you're one of the boys in the ring and you allow that to happen, who's really the mark? The promoter. Yeah. So one you. The boys doing it, marks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what? So you're, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're the mark. You're the mark, and, and instead of instead of letting them dictate what you're going to do, you ought to do like a Harley Race would do with one of them old timers. If somebody, if you if you got a match going with somebody, and somebody started started cheering, booing, booing. It would make Harley race, or he'd make Don Morocco, or he'd make one of those old guys really mad, and they'd say, get me in the headlock and take me over. And we're just going to lay here for a while. <laughs> Let him just go crazy, screaming, boring. He said, we'll show him boring. And finally, they'll get tired of yelling boring, and then they'll start getting with you as you start making your little comeback. And then that's the way you do it. But that way you take that power away from them because – they're not in the ring. They can't. They should not ever be able to dictate, my brother, what we do in the ring. And that's a sad, that's a sad commentary. When we when they started doing that, and and another thing that used to get me, I realized a long time ago, when the fans started cheering for the heels and booing the baby faces, yes. I knew we lost them. Yeah, because I wanted to be so hated, hillbilly, when I was a heel. I wanted everyone yeah. to come in here to hate me. I told them off. I, I the heel does not want nobody cheering for them. Right. And what happened? ECW happened. Uh, so, I, again, I'm not. So, again, Hillbilly Jim will be, again, inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame uh, 2018. And it's going to be interesting because Hillbilly's having, he's shooting from the hip right now. He's shooting right on the, the Neil Haley show. And I love it. But what would you tell Vince right now in a way, in, in a, I guess, in a uh, professional way of where the business needs to go, Hillbilly? Because it just seems like well, to you. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like this in that in that in some respects it's a big thing and this office and this company is always kind of you know they kind of keep their they kind of keep their feet out there and their toes on, on whatever's going on in the world today you know and that's what they're doing now and i almost feel this way brother you know it's kind of like what are you going to do when you spill some milk out of a cart you can't put it back in it's almost like we've already let the cat out of the bag and we can't get the cat back in the bag but I think there needs some, to be some attempts to kind of reel all that in because, uh, as, as, you know, and, and, and what they've done is they made a great attempt to keep up with the high-tech age. You know that. Yes, yes. Technology. And, uh, and you know, and they made a big attempt to, uh, to stay current with social media and all that stuff that everybody does, which I don't participate in. But everybody else, I understand how people like that. But you just need to make people – interested enough to where they get with the person or the people that you're trying to push out there to where you can weave them into those people's minds to where they enjoy them. And they want, they want to see them like it was that way with me. I mean, I, I, I think of, like you said earlier, I think of the legions of boys that have come along, and I've known many of them since my actual wrestling days. And they, a lot of them have come and gone, and people have already forgotten them. Yes. You know, because they never... If you don't truly get over, they'll forget you quick. You know, so it's going to be hard. And, and I guess to answer your question, it, there is no one little solution that you could change this and turn this thing back because people now are so caught up in the ways they like to do it. And everybody wants to think they know what's going on with the rest of the business. And, and, and we've allowed them to do that. And, We've taken away a lot of the mystique from it. So, you know, so, I mean, truly, 
it might just been a golden period that I went through. It might have been one of the last ones that we went through. And, and now I still love to watch some of the shows they do from time to time. They put on good production. But it's just different now, brother. It's just different. It's different. You're going to always say that. And I, I completely agree with you, but I think that you're like the characters need to come back. And the work in the ring's fine, but who's getting over? Al Snow brought this up. And again, I know you and Al might not agree on certain things. And it's interesting if you ever go back to my interview, shoot interview with Al. Al basically told me, you know, it's basically, it's not, it's, it's not about who wins the match, who gets over. And he said that his goal was to get over. But when he got over, it wasn't his work in the ring. He might say it was, but it was not that. It was the head thing. It was his gimmick. How he got over. Yeah. I know, I know, I've known Al for years. And that's the only thing in my opinion that, 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 that people remember by him, you know, and, and, and I was Al work because you see, Al is one of those guys that prides himself on being a quote-unquote worker. And I'm thinking, okay, so you could do, you could do all the moves that you, that you need to do in there if you want to do it if it was time, but does it mean anything? I would say to you that most times to the fans, it don't mean nothing. Right. And the only thing he got over is head and the job squad. That gimmick yeah. and that idea. And when Paulie thinks about how he got ECW over, it wasn't the crazy stuff they did. It was the characters. It was Sandman coming out with a beer. They never saw that before. Or seeing a tag team or seeing swearing or seeing the, uh, it was a gimmick. It was not the work. And that's the thing that people forget. It's the brand. It's not what they do. And Hillbilly, that's you. You personified that. And that's what you, you were able to do for so many years getting over in the WWF as Hillbilly Jim. Right, because you know they would not allow guys to go out there and do Hulk Hogan's leg drop. They would not allow guys to go out there and do too many of those things off the top. Say like Randy Macho Man Savage would drop that elbow off the top. They wouldn't allow those guys just to go out there and do their finishes. Now they do anything. That's just a spot now. It truly is. Oh my! This is so amazing. So quickly to go back in the story, Hillbillies. We really had a commentary. Is that? How did Vince find you? You said you talked about Chief J Strongbow saying, just be Hillbilly Jim. But what territory were you in that Vince finally said, hey, he picked you I, up? I, I, broke in, I broke in down in the south here for a guy named Dale Mann. I went out to Calgary, worked for Stu Hart for a little while. Then I came to Memphis, and I did a character called Hillbilly Jim, which you couldn't merchandise. Bruce Swayze took me, out, me down to a WWF show in Nashville. I got to meet Pat Patterson. He popped on me, made me wrestle the first time he saw me. All the boys gave me some clothes, and I got out there and did a show for him. Then they brought me to Connecticut, and uh, that's when uh, they put the gimmick on me. They put the Hoover the Gym gimmick on me. Wow. Okay. And then from there, it was a tremendous ride. What, were you, what was one of your fondest memories? Yeah. Go ahead. Hear me out. I never looked back. You notice, I never changed from babyface to heel and heel. I state hillbillies need to be baby faces, especially for for character baby faces, and they get over. And the way that people like me and and, and it was into my thing, I stayed that way. You notice I never changed to go to other territories. I was not going to do that. Here's the deal: once you rode in a limousine, you don't want to go back riding on the Greyhound buses, and that's what those other territories were like to me. So I stayed there. Once I got me a good home, I stayed there until I finished. What was your fondest memory in the WWF? I had a lot of great memories. That were legends to me. I got to be around Andre the Giant and people like that. That was a big deal for me. Uh, some of the real, real uh, icons of the industry. But two things stick out to me. First time I ever worked and walked in the ring in Madison Square Garden. That was big for an old boy from Kentucky. And that WrestleMania three crowd where we did that before the world 
record crowd because you know how many times does anybody get to perform before a live world record crowd in their life and that that record lasted a long time and i was honored to be that wasn't one of my favorite matches but it was just it's turned out to be one because more people remember it you know Absolutely. And when you bring up Hillbilly Jim and you said 1980s, people remember you mm-hmm. and you have new fans now. So that's the exciting part about this. Now to reintroduce Listen, I love you guys, yeah. I love all you guys. And I got to tell you, brother, if you want to get back in the ring, do your thing. But you're smart. Don't go in there and kill yourself. I was one of those kind of guys. You don't love nothing if it don't love you back. Now, I was not going to spend a lot of time in this business. If I didn't get over, I'd have moved on ahead in my life because I think my head is screwed on different than most people. But luckily, I got over it pretty quick, and I'm happy about this. But I want to say this to you and your listeners. They're going to put me in the Hall of Fame. That's unbelievable. I couldn't think about it, but it's not me going in the Hall of Fame. I've already had an amazing life. I have got all the trappings. I got to live this hillbilly gym all my life, and I got to, got to get all the wonderful things that this business would bring me and my family. I'm not going in the Hall of Fame. We're going in the Hall of Fame. This is for my family. This is for my dear friends and buddies and people. And mainly, and 100%, it's for all the fans because Hippie Jim has never been one that pushed you back. I never refused an autograph. I never would not take a picture of anybody. The whole Hippie Jim thing is the thing that includes you. It's not a thing that excludes you. So, my friend, and all your listeners, we're all going in the Hall of Fame as far as I'm concerned. All right. Well, fantastic. And what, what's what's cur- currently going on with you now, Hillbilly? Give us an update. Well, where well, right now, I've had a serious XM international radio show I've been doing for 13 years. Oh, really? It's called Hillbilly Jim's Moonshine Matinee. I've been doing that in Outlaw Country. I can't believe I'm, I'm not going to do it 13 years. And I still get around and do a few things. I don't really have to do too much around here, but uh, I've got a new book that just came out last year. Gary West has had me kind of busy on that. And you can go to hillbillygym.com if you want to see about that. But I usually just take it easy. And, you know, like I say to you, I don't live in the past. Let me and you talk or some of my friends from the old days. I hardly ever even think about the old days. But I love to talk about it when people bring them up because I'm so busy living in the now. I don't believe there's no such thing as the future. I just believe we got now. Tomorrow never comes because when it gets to tomorrow, it's now. So I'm the kind of guy that just wants to get up, brother, and enjoy every day and laugh and smile and tell a joke and move on down the road. All right. Well, okay. We're going to definitely have you on again. I hope I can talk to you again and reach out to you to have an. Feel free anytime you want to, brother. It'd be my pleasure. I enjoyed you. All right. Well, thanks again, Hillbilly Jim. Go to hillbillygym.com and in April, WWE Hall of Famer 2018, Hillbilly Jim. Great talking to you, man. And I really enjoyed the convo. So take care. Hey, take care of yourself and uh, we'll catch up again real soon, okay? Uh, Trust me, we will. All right. Take care. Good talking to you. Bye All right. Bye. So, okay. Bye bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show. We'll be back in just a moment.